0: Hello and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, e J. Fish. How's it going guys? uh, bad news is it's just me this week. I know that's a letdown. Uh, we were going to have the the second part of of Star Wars talk with summer, and we ended up having internet problems that made it impossible to record. Ah, uh, so. Hopefully that will be the next episode you hear is the second part where we discuss the original trilogy and the sequels or probably diverge into something else completely. But, uh, uh, so last week's episode was the most downloaded, uh, of anything I've done in a year, which is, which is awesome because it was a good episode and it was fun to do. Uh, uh, it kind of showed, uh, look, I'm not the popular one. I get it. Uh, but it was very fun. Uh, so we will we will talk more again soon. Uh, and it seemed like people liked it, which made me happy. Uh, and, and let me be clear, I appreciate all of my, everybody who's been a guest on the show. Uh, it is very cool when people give up their time uh, to talk to a weirdo. And, ah, uh, here, here's the thing, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, uh, be, be open for like a second. Uh, I promise it'll go away soon and then I will talk about TV for the rest of the episode. And I'll even talk a little about TV now because I can't be open without doing that. But, uh, it was it was so fun to to have summer on the show because she is my real life uh, very good friend and the the cool thing about that is i did not imagine me ever making another friend you know that's you get to a certain age and it's hard and i'm i'm weird and i've got just enough social anxiety that i don't really like meeting people and it's kind of scary like it's It's not crippling by any means, but also I am okay with not meeting people because it just, the amount of stress it causes me is, is uh, untenable. So, like the thing I I think of, and I've thought this uh, before in my life, but one of those times I was 25 years old and maybe I was... uh, maybe i was a little dramatic at that point cuz you know i was 25 but i always think of the the uh the last uh jimmy smiths last episode of uh NYPD blue which i was probably in college when when that aired oh it definitely was cuz i wrote about it for my college paper Guys, have we ever talked about how uh about how I used to I was not on staff, but I was the only person who ever submitted decent entertainment reviews. So I was kind of a regular in my college paper with movie and TV reviews, and I know I reviewed both NYPD Blue and Homicide Life on the Street multiple times. Uh, and in fact, the first website I ever started was in college, and it was a homicide fan site. And I feel like I've talked about that here before, but it was not popular. Uh, it, make, it makes this podcast look like a smashing success, even the non-summer episodes. Uh, but uh, so, so Jimmy Smith's character, uh, Bobby, is is dying. And I don't remember specifically what he was dying. It was some... Like he was he was sick. It wasn't dead in the line of duty. It was uh I don't remember, and I find those episodes too emotionally grueling to watch again. Uh, but he's you know, he's it it's it's towards the end of the episode and he's he's going to die. He's in and out of consciousness and uh Sipowitz, Dennis Franz, who is a tremendous actor who doesn't really do much anymore and i hope it's because he made so much money playing Sipowitz, he just got to retire i mean i want to say he was an older man but you know he might have been 55 on nypd blue which granted would put him in his 80s now <laughs> but uh you know he seemed he seemed like a man who was pushing retirement even then but uh and i don't remember the exact wording and i'm certainly not going to try to do Dennis Dennis Franz's great Chicago accent. But uh, the thing the last thing he says to to Bobby who is not not even conscious to hear it uh, is is you were my friend when I thought I was done having friends. And that's a thing I've thought about for years. And I certainly don't mean to imply I'm done having friends. I have friends. They're nice people. Uh they're occasionally mentioned on this very podcast. Uh, you know, it's not like I'm a hermit, but I honestly did not think I would ever make another friend, and especially not a, a like a good one. Like it would be more of a. I could maybe have make a casual friend who we're friends because we both like uh, like Westworld or something. You know, that's more my speed a person I have one interest with, and we talk about that one interest a couple of times a year. Uh, but, you know, it's just... It's... I... I don't know. I sound weird. I know it sounds weird. I just didn't think I'd make a friend, and I, you know... I met Summer, and she's, she's great, and we became very good friends uh in real life, and I didn't think that would happen to me again. So that's just been a good part of my life over the last couple of years is uh, like, here's the thing. my Most of the friends that I've mentioned on this, sh- on this show before, you know, Brad and the various Beckys and Sam and Rachel, those are people I've known for almost 20 years now. And I have not brought in new people since then. Uh, my friend Larry I've known for 12 years, I think, and I still think of him as the new guy, uh, so you know it's just it, it's just and I'm glad I got to got to uh, glad I got to record that episode and the next one when that records. Uh, this was me awkwardly attempting to be sincere and probably just making everybody uncomfortable. So. Uh, how about if we just talk about some TV shows for the rest of this episode because this is a rare weeknight recording and I am usually so out of sorts at the end of the workday that uh, uh, frankly I just want to complain about coworkers Uh, which would maybe be therapeutic but could only mean bad things for me but if you're listening to this Matt just know you're just a turd. You're a, just a turd man. Um, boy, I, I am... Uh, boy, there's something I want to say just to, just to have said it, but I don't think I'm going to right now. Uh, I maybe will on a future episode because it's something that happens every year at work. And it's getting to the time of year when it happens. And it's going to suck again. But, okay, so far I've awkwardly explained emotions and then weirdly alluded to a minor thing at work that bothers me every year. This is, a, uh, this is definitely a step down from last week's episode where we did talk about Constable Zuvio. And the man, the man deserved his, his, uh, his day in the sun. Uh all that said I do some some TV shows have been good lately right Uh I've Succession is a show that I really enjoy Uh and I think by the end before the end of the year we're going to have Hayley back as a guest and she is similarly a Succession fan and I think that'll be one of our one of our topics Uh the problem I have with it's not even the show's fault and honestly it's nobody's fault because people like what they like but it seems like everybody who's talking about Succession Online is just talking about it for horny reasons like this is the horny show and it uh, it provokes virtually zero horniness in me and you know people are you know whatever like what you like man talk about it how you want but i just feel very disconnected from the the uh from succession discourse when i'm not actively uh uh shipping characters or having elaborate sexual fantasies about you know whoever uh mean lady and dumb guy <laughs> I know their names now. I forgot their names after it was off the air for so long. But the point is, it's... You know, there's just... Like, I'm never sure if I'm supposed to take this as being a show about the Trumps in the way that Arrested Development was about the Bush family. But, you know, not a straight one-for-one allegory or anything, but the characters all sort of corresponded to Bush's. And... I think, especially the episode that aired last night, as I'm recording this, with uh, uh, everybody trying to figure out what Logan Roy's uh, uh, increasingly deranged comments meant, uh, is not a stretch to read that as a as as sort of a Trump thing, um, but. Also, then the the kids don't really map onto the Trump kids at all. Uh, maybe Shiv and Tom, you could read as Ivanka and Jared if you squint real hard. But for the most part, there's, you know, it doesn't really work. So I'm not, I'm not sure to what, ex- like, I think it's just a show about the death of capitalism. And I don't think we're supposed to uh, find real world analogs, but. Uh, sometimes Logan, it's very Trumpy, and it's hard not to. Uh, I'm also completely baffled about the 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 company at the heart of of Succession, Waystar Royco. I am not at all certain what they do. They're a media company, and kind of the interesting thing about the show is that they're like the only media company that hasn't been bought out by a by a technology company. And, uh, which I think tracks in the real world. Uh, uh, I guess Disney is maybe the exception. But all of the other, uh, you know, big media companies are owned by tech giants. Um, And, you know, there's sort of this this idea that, like, these... (laughs) these dumbasses are arrogant enough to think they'll outlast technology uh, which is which is kind of a funny angle and it feels like they are definitely doomed and the show will have a planned ending and it will not go well for anybody Uh, I mean it'll probably go they're rich white people they'll just be less rich by the time the show is over you know they'll still get their multi-million dollar severances and never actually have to work Uh, what was I saying? Oh, I can't figure out what their company, like, what, they're a media company. What exactly do they do? It seems like from what we see on the show, they have a Fox News, they have a cruise line, and they have theme parks. And that, there's not really a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of, of of spackle holding those things together, you know? I mean, a Fox News theme, theme park would be, uh, you know, you slide out of Tucker Carlson's giant mouth or something. Um, but it's... And it, it it's so secondary to the show. I just wish we would see an example of, like, a thing that they do. Uh, other than we sometimes see the Fox News stuff. But, like... Do they have TV shows on the air? What kind of TV shows are are these? Are these freaks greenlighting? You know, I would like to see more of that, which is probably the opposite of what most people want to see. So I will just be at odds with the succession people. Uh, also, there sometimes I just have to pretend I understand what's happening because the most recent episode took place entirely at a shareholders meeting and. There was a lot of talk about, about uh about forcing a vote or stalling a vote. And I sort of understand in the abstract what that is, but a lot of what they did was just it's it's almost like Doctor Who where I just take their word for it. It's like, yeah, no, that thing about reversing the polarity is just absolute nonsense, but that's how that's how the story works, so you know, go for it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on this one, Jody Whitaker but succession is basically the same, but with business things. Uh, The difference being that I have a business degree and I should know some of these things. And I don't. Uh, I do like that it's, it's what I used to picture TV shows that aired after I went to bed were like, Uh, like this is honestly what I thought Dallas was when I was a kid. And uh, it's, it's kind of fun to picture my, my parents watching a show about people in suits having meetings and and uh, addressing the shareholders' concerns and uh, negotiating extra seats on the board and just watching and quietly nodding, never willing to admit to the other that they have no idea what a margin call is. Uh, anyway, succession. It's, it's very good. I just can't get into the horny succession talk, which is a bummer. I need to, I need a non-horny succession. For, I mean, you can be horny. I just, just be as horny as you want. Uh, just somebody who's not watching the show in a complete state of tumescence the entire time. And again, if that's you, God bless you. You enjoy it. I just, we just don't have nearly as much to talk about. It's not because one of us is watching right and one of us watching wrong. We're just watching different and it's hard to sync those things up. I remember when I found a Deadwood message board back when that was on and was the greatest thing ever and it was just all horny all the time. Which is funny to me because there were a lot of character actors on Deadwood who, uh, how should I put this? Had challenging looks. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Joe Parra Talks to You is back. I haven't seen Sunday's episode yet, but the two that I've seen so far were very good. I love that show. Uh, it sort of gets me as an awkward, an awkward Michigan man who uh, <laughs> maybe isn't great at expressing feelings all the time. Uh, One thing I I noticed in the most recent episode is they make a point of saying that it's 2018, which seemed really shoehorned in. And in retrospect, I think it's just to establish that it's pre-pandemic so they don't have to do an episode about it. Because, you know, Joe's girlfriend, Sarah, is is a prepper, and that would be an interesting thing to explore, but maybe not one that would fit the tone of the show 100%, or even a much lesser percentage. So, putting it in 2018 before you know, pre-pandemic, pre... you know... Uh, I was going to say pre-police brutality, but that goes way back. But, you know, the last the last year or two when when we really started noticing. Uh, it just... I it put I don't know. I like the footing it puts it on where it's like even a couple of years ago feels like a period piece now and that's very soothing. Uh but that show is it's so good. I love it. Uh the other one I wanted to be sure to mention the Doom Patrol season finale just happened. And I think I have to write about this season of Doom Patrol because it's it was weird which is a given for for this show. But the like here's the the first two seasons and there was a lot of original material and they pulled stuff from all different eras of the Doom Patrol, but the the basic outline of the first two seasons came from uh came from Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol run, which is some of my favorite stuff ever. And they covered pretty much all, all but one major storyline, and I don't know why they haven't touched that one yet. But they're they're sort of running out of Grant Morrison material in season three, so even though they introduced a bunch of his characters, uh, like uh, the Sisterhood of Dada, who were the Brotherhood in the in the comics, but you know, I, I actually really like the way they didn't they didn't gender swap any characters or change the composition of the group where it was like yeah there's a sisterhood just as easily as a brotherhood why do we default to to brotherhood go for it uh you know it a lot of those ideas came from him but they use the characters in vastly different ways and what that meant is i was really kind of back on my heels in a good way for most of the season because a lot of the stuff that was happening didn't have precedent uh, for me, a man who has read possibly every appearance of the Doom Patrol. You know, Larry having a weird grub come out of him. I don't know, that never happened before. Hell if I know where that's going. You know, R- 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 Rita's taking a giant drill back in time. Yeah, that's that that's a new one um so you know it was it was very fun to not have any idea what was going on and some of it worked better than others the the episode where they were zombies was uh kind of juvenile and gross but most of it landed real well and i think the uh some of the character stuff was just tremendous um I guess this will be brief spoilers, brief spoilies for season three of doom patrol. But, uh, one thing that's real interesting about it is it pretty much removed the superhero aspects of the show this season, because I mean, it was never really traditionally superheroic because they don't like leaving the house and, uh, they're, they're their own worst enemies and they pretty much lose all the time. But, uh, you know, you had, had like all of their powers that would be useful in a superhero scenario were 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 screwed up. Like Larry lost the negative spirit immediately. Uh uh Cliff has Parkinson's, so his brain can't work his robot body right, which I've probably talked about before, but given uh, you know, my my grandmother's experience with Parkinson's I found that just absolutely uh, heartbreaking and I guess it takes a TV robot being sad for me to process my feelings so that's good to know if you ever need me to uh, need me to have an emotional reaction Uh, and you know uh, Vic's weapons were offline and then he just straight up got fixed so he wasn't cyborg anymore which is wild uh, Jane kept her, her personalities didn't really manifest so she didn't have access to her powers uh, you know they, they were just kind of all off the board and the the season ends with them deciding to try to be a real superhero team but other than Rita who uh, learned how to kick ass this season none of them are going to be useful in any sort of scenario that requires superheroes And but they're so psyched about it and there's something kind of beautiful about that. These these uh, these delusional weirdos are trying real hard. Uh, and I, I loved it. And I'm I'm it got picked up again, so I'm eager to see what happens next season. Uh, I would love to see them get into that last Grant Morrison story, the one with the one with Yankee Doodle Dandy. And <laughs> the, the line of dialogue I thought was amazing when I was in college, and I realized now it's just goofy and was always meant to be. Was uh, have you ever asked yourself why the Pentagon has five sides? <laughs> God, Doom Patrol so good, guys. Um. Uh, but yeah, so that was that was a great. It was a great experience watching it this season and not having any idea uh, what was going to, everything was so different. There was a bunch of characters I thought would never make it to, to television. It's crazy how many weird characters now have been on TV and like, I mean, sure, there was a Green Lantern movie, but nobody counts that, right? they haven't figured out what to do with some of their their major characters. Like they don't seem to know who plays Superman yet. Uh and uh, you know and there are multiple Batman and everything's just sort of in chaos over here and meanwhile the Doom patrol devoted in an entire episode to agent exclamation point. Uh it's great. It's 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 maybe my favorite DC thing happening right now by a wide margin. Um, oh, as long as we're we're hitting on superhero stuff, uh, it'll be real. I'm not going to say much about the Eternals, uh, the most recent Marvel movie. It's been out for a week now, uh, just because I don't want to spoil anything. I have friends who have not seen it yet, and most of them probably won't until it comes on Disney Plus. So. I'm not gonna say anything real substantive uh I will say that i i most i liked it just fine. There were some moments that I thought were uh not good, and the eternals themselves are not the most compelling characters in the world, which I know I've talked about here before they're they're a mess, and I think the movie did a good job of making them into something cohesive with a, a backstory that wasn't just uh 70s sci-fi tropes. And it actually did some cool things with the way each of them basically has one, you know, one power and how those work together. I think that was really cleverly done And some of the characters really uh, were, were very enjoyable uh, Kumail Nanjiani was really good. Uh, I like Gemma Chan a lot. I think she did a great job as Cersei. Um, and it wasn't like I was waiting for it to be over, but when it was done, I was like, I'm, uh, that's all the Eternals I need. If uh, if Kumail or Cersei want to join the Avengers or be friends with Thor later on, I'm on board with that. But everything they set up for later is like, that, I I don't need to see them do this again on another planet. Like, I'm cool with Eternals being one and done. Like, I'm not a big one for making ranking lists, but it's it's easily in the bottom the bottom half of the of Marvel releases. But I can also picture somebody for whom it'd be their favorite Marvel movie because it's it is different, and there's some there's some neat aspects to it that I think people might. I can imagine people getting more into than I did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's positive. You'll probably you'll have a good time if you see it. It's just not one I'm going to go back and uh, and it's not necessarily a line to be rewatched right away. Uh, and I. There's some specific stuff. Maybe I'll talk more about after it comes out on Disney+. Uh, and I don't have to worry about inadvertently spoiling friends. But we got we got Hawkeye next week. And I am psyched about that. And then it's like a, a month until Spider-Man. So, you know, even if something's a little bit of a... Uh, not a complete hit with me, there's plenty of stuff. It'll be fine. There's a... <laughs> I will say the, the post credit scenes for The Eternals are absolutely inscrutable. They hinge on a couple of minor Avengers characters that nobody has cared about since the 1980s. And you don't have enough context for what's in the movie to really make sense of them. And in fact, one of the scenes... Definitely baffled people in the theater because I heard people saying, "Saying, does that mean Thanos is an eternal?" And I don't think he is. But the fact that I can't, that I of all people can't definitively say no, he isn't, makes me wonder if, uh, yeah, there might have been a confusing scene. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's a long way from from. Uh, You know, Nick Fury showing up or seeing Thor's hammer in the mud, or just one of those straight-up comedy scenes that I enjoy at the end of some of the movies. Uh, It just it kind of feels like at some point they're just going to hit up every character who's who works on any level, and they'll still have to keep producing content. But you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy worked way better as a movie than it ever did as a comic, and. Uh, you know, let's face it. Iron Man had not been a solid seller in many a year before the movie came out. So I've got, I'm interested. I, you know, I got faith in what they're doing. I'm still going to check out stuff. I Still, it's not even, I saw one movie that, that I thought was, was, uh, that I thought was fine. So yeah, I am still psyched about new stuff. Uh, But, you know, at some point they're going to start having scenes introducing or even teasing introducing characters that even I will go, I don't even know who that is. That'll happen. They're going to start getting into 90s Marvel characters and I will not be able to tell you a darn thing. Uh, Except for the stuff I remember from when I worked at a comic store. And even then I, I was not super clear on who Dark Hawk was. I mean, I could have picked him out of a lineup, but I don't I don't know his deal. They start talking about doing a Dark Hawk TV show, and I'll be like, that's what I'm going to be like, all right, you have to convince me with this one. But for now, I'm, I'm rolling with whatever. You're doing a Moon Knight TV show? Great. Let me check it out. How the heck does Oscar Isaac do a TV show? You know, let me say this about Oscar Isaac. That dude... And it's possible he was working as an extra or in small roles for a decade. But it seems to me like he just kind of burst onto the scene in a bunch of huge things. Like, he's the title character in a Coen Brothers movie. And then he, he's uh, Ex Machina, where he's sort of the, the second lead of, a, of an Alex Garland project. Uh, that he's, then he's a major Star Wars character, and then an X Men villain, and then he's the lead in a David the creator of The Wire. David Simon does an HBO mini series, and he's the lead. And it just feels like, man, that's not how careers work. You, you you don't get to do all the big things in three years. That's crazy. How did that happen? Um, I like Oscar Isaac. It's just wild that he is, like, there's, you haven't really seen a situation where he's had a thankless role. Like, maybe he was on a soap opera for two years, but it seems to me it went, <laughs> Coen Brothers, Star Wars, David Simon, X-Men, <laughs> Moon Knight. Like, dude's crushing it. Way to go, Alex. Way to go, uh Alex. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Uh, to remain enthused about Marvel stuff, even if Eternals was, was uh, again, it was fun. It's not like I was checking my watch. Uh, I just, I just don't need to see most of these characters again. I feel like they did their bit. Also, Angelina Jolie is super distracting because for the most part, they haven't had like famous, famous people in these movies. Like it's a lot of people who gotten more famous as a result of doing Marvel movies and you know it's even the the, the people who were bigger names pre the movies uh, Robert Downey Jr. was uh, not doing well when they revived his career like Samuel L. Jackson and Scarlett Johansson are in so many movies that it's not uh it's not weird to see them, but Angelina Jolie is somebody, you know, more like, more like as an entertainment tonight person, you know, for, for a divorce drama or her work as an ambassador or, you know, all these other things. And I don't even know when the last time she appeared in a movie was, uh, but then she's in this and it's like, she's a little too famous. Like, especially to play a character nobody has heard of, where you, it's just like the Eternals are friends with Angelina Jolie. It's, it's a little weird. It's sort of like when Robert Redford was the villain in Civil War. And it sort of feels like Robert Redford is just up to something. Robert Redford the man, not Robert Redford the actor. Uh, nor Robert Redford the president from Watchmen. But it 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 was weird. It's it's kind of like when you see Laura Dern in in one of the Star Wars movies, where you know it's kind of the first time you see somebody who's famous famous for something other than Star Wars. I mean, maybe people who were older than me when the movies came out uh, had that with Alec Guinness, but I was I was but a small child and I was unfamiliar with say Bridge on the River Kwai. Ah, there's a lot of babbling in this episode. That's what happens when it's, when I, when it's Monday night and I need to release something. Uh, I promise we'll get to part two of the Summer Star Wars Spectacular as soon as we can. Um, that will be delightful. Uh, also remember summer.com, the best place for t-shirts and mugs. Uh, I'm just blowing through the ad because now I'm short on time. But... It's all great. I'm so happy with... I've got all the mugs now, and they're all on my desk at work, and they make me happy. And... Uh, uh, I got my, my, my COVID booster. Same day as a flu shot. I just walked in and had them shoot me up with whatever they had. And it's, it's very cold in my, in my home state. And so, like, short sleeves. I, you know, I was, wearing, I was wearing a big, bulky big bulky heavy shirt to stay warm and I'm like well before I go I should just change into a t-shirt so they can get to my shoulders uh so and of course what if I'm going to wear a t-shirt what am I going to wear it's a tease by summer shirt and uh I was wearing the the spice rolls which is <laughs> still makes me laugh and uh so I took off my jacket and the pharmacist lady saw the shirt and laughed out loud and it was sort of in that Genuine blurt, sort of uh, Mrs. Krabappel from The Simpsons, sort of, ha! <laughs> you know, like the way Elf laughs. It was, it was very funny. She was tickled. Uh so get a tease by summer shirt for when you get when you get your booster shot. You'll you'll make you'll make the pharmacist day, and they work hard. They deserve a good laugh. Uh, Teased by summer mugs, t-shirts. Everything's great. Hopefully we'll have the uh, some A Town Called Science stuff. So even though you haven't experienced A Town Called Science, it's a really beautiful design. That uh, as soon as you can buy it in shirt slash mug slash keychain or whatever form, you should. Uh, and if you're a person I know, it will probably be your Christmas present. Uh, that's all. I'll be back later this week or next week or not exactly sure when, and hopefully it'll be the Star Wars part two, but otherwise I'll come in with a little more plan than I had this time. Uh, thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. You're doing a great job. Fed Talks is a full boys production. Wait, 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 wait!